0: this is the return to order moment with edwin benson bringing you insights analysis and information for
1: a culture in crisis pope francis's campaign against private property this episode of the return to order moment looks at private property contrary to the ideas of Karl marx private property is an essential human right Popes from Pius IX to Benedict XVI have defended it. However, the current pontiff, Pope Francis, breaks from this tradition. He sees private property as something that harms migrants and perpetuates inequality. Mr. John Horvat explains the flaws in this odd idea in his article, Pope Francis's Nightmare of a World Without Borders.
0: Pope Francis' third encyclical, Fratelli Tutti, predictably deals with the plight of the migrant. This theme has characterized his pontificate, as he never loses an opportunity to take it up. Not all share his enthusiasm. Most are apprehensive about what it means for the future. Mass migration is a sensitive subject for many Catholics in the West. The European Union, for example, is engaged in a demographic and cultural suicide. While Europe is contracepting and aborting itself to death, it also faces hostile migrants that threaten member nations' identity and well being. Thus, unrestricted migration represents the death of Christian cultures, which are to be replaced with onerous government programs meant to be all things to all people. For America, similar concerns prevail. A world without borders would overwhelm the nation's ability to care for the hundreds of millions seeking new opportunities. Amid this widespread concern, the Pontiff's encyclical declaring everyone to be brethren does not help. While the Christian West has generously received refugees, persecuted minorities, and needy peoples, it is hard to accept that in pursuing their dream of a better future, Everyone has an enforceable right to unrestricted entry into the country. However, this conclusion is part of the encyclical's message. Re-envisaging the social role of property is the key, Pope Francis thinks, to eliminating world borders. Traditionally, this social role did not mean that all property must be distributed to those claiming to be needy. Rather, private property's proper use and production was paramount. As Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira affirms, private property and free enterprise are irreplaceable in expanding production. Pursuing this expansion is their principal social role. But Pope Francis calls for a quote-unquote re-envisaging, so that private property's social role would now mean helping everyone obtain quote-unquote sufficient opportunities for his or her integral development Unquote. Francis recalls the principle of quote, unquote, the universal destination of created goods. However, the traditional understanding of this principle does not deny private property. Rather, it undergirds it, as Pope Leo XIII teaches in his encyclical, Rerum Novarum, paragraph 8. Quote, the fact that God has given the earth for the use and enjoyment of the whole human race— can in no way be a bar to the owning of private property. God has granted the earth to mankind in general, not in the sense that all without distinction can deal with it as they like, but rather that no part of it was assigned to anyone in particular, and that the limits of private possession have been left to be fixed by man's own industry and by the laws of individual races." Fratelli Tutti uses the meaning disavowed by Pope Leo to create a stepping stone for the Pope's untrammeled immigration policy. The Argentine Pope says that if all created goods belong to everyone, then, quote, we can say that each country also belongs to the foreigner, inasmuch as a territory's goods must not be denied to a needy person coming from elsewhere, unquote. He further states that, quote, If all people are my brothers and sisters, and if the world truly belongs to everyone, then it matters little whether my neighbor was born in my country or elsewhere. My own country also shares responsibility for his or her development." Such shocking denials of national sovereignty fit with the internationalist framework of the pontiff's dream for the world. The United Nations becomes the instrument for implementing this borderless world. The Pope calls for investing the world body with executive powers, with quote-unquote teeth, to impose sanctions and enforce directives. Such proposals are perplexing in light of the Church's long history of aid to refugees and immigrants. The Church has always taught that the stranger must always be treated with charity, courtesy, and respect. The Bible says, "...thou shalt not molest a stranger," Exodus 22, verse 9. No one contests the need to help those passing through a nation, especially when fleeing from persecution and injustice. The church likewise does not contest the right to emigrate, since the world was indeed made for all. However, St. Thomas Aquinas distinguishes between peaceful and hostile migrations. No nation is obliged to accept those who are aggressive and wish harm to its citizens nor must countries allow themselves to be overwhelmed by immigrants to the detriment of their citizens. Immigrants must conform to the host country's laws. It takes time for migrants to integrate into the local populations. St. Thomas warns against granting immediate citizenship, which Pope Francis' encyclical encourages. The angelic doctor claims that delaying citizenship is a matter of justice, since the newly arrived will not be familiar with the nation's affairs. He warns that, quote, Foreigners not yet having the common good firmly at heart might attempt something hurtful to the people, unquote. Thus, there is nothing new in asking the faithful to treat immigrants well and even welcome them into their communities. However, The encyclical misleads when calling for a universal homeland where all may pursue their utopias. In these dangerous times of terrorism, the pontiff assumes universal goodwill that all might be welcome. Such a policy disregards reality and the well-founded concerns about the violent behavior of those who have so terrorized this sinful world. The Pope extends this welcoming, quote-unquote, encounter yet further when proposing a new network of international relations as a means of ensuring, quote, the fundamental rights of peoples to subsistence and progress, unquote. He imagines an ethics of international relations aimed at achieving equality among the nations. Trade is also mentioned, as readers are asked to consider, quote, a different way of understanding relations and exchanges between countries, unquote. Even Pope Francis admits this envisaging a new humanity may sound wildly unrealistic. One might expect him to ask the faithful to turn to God, for whom all things are possible. However, the encyclical's message is not even addressed to the Catholic faithful. It appeals to, quote-unquote, a single human family where all people of goodwill are invited to dialogue. Thus, the discussion is reduced to the lowest possible denominator so that all might participate and that none will be offended or excluded. When concluding this utopian migratory vision, the Pope asked people to unite, quote, on the basis of a global ethic of solidarity and cooperation in the service of a future shaped by interdependence and shared responsibility for the whole human family, unquote. The result is a shallow and secular appeal for a fraternity that is not rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. It inspires nobody. Not only does the encyclical depart from traditional Catholic magisterium, but it is also wildly unrealistic.
1: In the last article, Mr. Horvat quoted from the founder of the International TFP, Professor Lenio Rea de Oliveira. In his next article, Understanding the Social Function of Private Property, our founder raises a very important question. Why do some leaders claim to support private property while their actions deprive people of the property that they have already accumulated? This article is adapted from an article in the Brazilian newspaper O Jornal, published in Rio de Janeiro on September 30, 1972.
0: Free enterprise and private property have some rather strange supporters around the world. While professing to be ardent anti-communists, these supporters always advocate some restrictions on private property or free enterprise when proposing solutions for socioeconomic problems. The greater the limitations, the more they rejoice. Their justification is always the same. Private property and free enterprise have a social function, which allows them to be pruned and mutilated at will. The more they accept their ruin, the better they serve the nation. If this justification were true, private ownership and free enterprise would be evil. However, for all beneficial things, the more they become useful, the more they develop. Moreover, the common good requires a policy of pruning and destruction only for what is evil. What kind of anti-communists are these supporters, who tend to do exactly what the communists want and consider private property and free enterprise as communists see them? Every individual right must normally be guaranteed and promoted. When required for the common good, rights can only suffer limitations in exceptional cases. However, such restrictions never authorize the principle that the more you cut, the better. Common sense dictates that rights be respected. Take the example of workers' rights. For the community's benefit, they also can be limited. Thus, while the right to strike is accepted as indisputable, some limits can be imposed on this right for the benefit of all. However, the existence of limitations does not mean that the more workers' rights are restricted, the better it will be for the country. Free enterprise and private ownership are irreplaceable institutions for increasing production. This production is their main social function. People strive to work as hard as they can if assured that they can accumulate the fruits of their labors for their benefit and pass them on to their children. When this stimulus is lacking and all their work, except the salaries, benefits the community, they become state workers. The result is underproduction and hunger, the inseparable evils of collectivist regimes. Why do socialist regimes cause misery? Because private property and free enterprise are not fulfilling their social role in socialist countries. That social function is to produce. How then can you, strange anti-communists, affirm that the more you cut prune and pummel private property and free enterprise, the better they will fulfill their social function of working for the common good.
1: Many Catholics find Pope Francis's attitude towards private property troubling. On one hand, Catholics are accustomed to listening to the Pope. On the other, this Pope contradicts the teachings of many of the previous Popes. Mr. Horvath deals with this thorny problem in his article, I'm Catholic, can I disagree with Pope Francis on property?
0: Pope Francis' encyclical, Fratelli Tutti, presents a dilemma for all who defend the right of private property. On the one hand, the teaching document Pope Francis signed on October 3rd questions this right. On the other, past popes, theologians, and canonists have always taught that private ownership, as it is largely practiced, is just unnecessary for society's proper functioning. This clash of opinions leaves many Catholics perplexed. This is no small debate. The stakes could not be higher, since the West depends upon a system based on property, rule of law, and free markets. The pontiff asks his readers to consider, quote-unquote, re the social role of property. He would like to see great societal changes in America and the West. He believes the world's goods belong to everyone and must be shared to ensure the proper dignity of all. That sounds like something vaguely similar to communism. His broadsides against the market and quote-unquote consumerist economic models leave little doubt that he is not calling for a few system tweaks, but a massive paradigm shift. Catholics need to know how to respond to this pontifical demand, lest it sink the West into a Marxist tyranny that denies property rights. The central argument of this re-envisaging is the principle of the universal destination of created goods. Francis declares that, quote, The principle of the common use of created goods is the first principle of the whole ethical and social order. It is a natural and inherent right that takes priority over others, unquote. Indeed, the Church teaches that God made the goods of the earth for everyone, no one can test this truth. Catholic moralists universally accept the classical example of the right to life being of a higher order than private property. Everyone also recognizes that property has what is called a social function, by which owners must go beyond self-interest and also use their property to serve the common good. However, the Church defines the limitations of this social function. These limitations may be debated without property rights requiring to be quote-unquote reimagined. Such a discussion would give balance to the proposals for dealing with the needy, If during the discussion, Catholics were instructed in the Church's traditional teaching, then they would learn that the universal destination of created goods does not mean that property owners are little better than thieves who deprive the needy of the goods to which they have a right. The poor do not have the right to take arbitrarily by force whatever they consider they need from those who have property. Quite the contrary the correct position posits that the holding of private property is good and desired by God. It favors the good order of society. In his 1891 encyclical, Rerum Novarum, Pope Leo XIII states that, quote, "...the fact that God has given the earth for the use and enjoyment of the whole human race can properly be in no way a bar to the owning of private property." For God has granted the earth to mankind in general, not in the sense that all without distinction can deal with it as they like, but rather that no part of it was assigned to anyone in particular, and that the limits of private possession have been left to be fixed by man's own industry and by the law of individual races. Here again, we have further proof that private ownership is in accordance with the law of nature." Thus, private property is a means through which the common good is well served. Just because a property is held privately does not mean that it ceases to serve the common good. All society benefits from what private property produces. Indeed, those who occupy and seize properties do a disservice to the common good. They harm the good order of society and frustrate the purposes of property. In his 1931 encyclical, Quadragesimo Anno, Pius XI recognizes the, quote, twofold character of ownership, called usually individual or social, according as it regards either separate persons or the common good. For they, the theologians, have always unanimously maintained that nature, rather than the Creator himself, has given man the right of private ownership, not only that individuals may be able to provide for themselves and their families, but also that the goods which the Creator destined for the entire family of mankind may, through this institution, truly serve this purpose." All this can be achieved in no wise except through the maintenance of a certain and definite order. Indeed, the poor suffer when private property is denied. The ravages of communism prove that when property is confiscated in the people's name, it destroys economy and culture, reducing all to the most abject misery. The problem with Pope Francis' vision of property is that it does not define the limitations of property's social function. He assumes that the universal destination of created goods and the private use of property are in constant tension. The priority of the universal destiny of created goods does not prevent its peaceful coexistence with property ownership of every size. This priority in no way diminishes the need to respect private property. Moreover, his urgent appeal to quote-unquote re-envisage the social role of property fails to recognize the economic advances by which private property has benefited society as a whole. It straitjackets all owners into an oppressor category in which they do not belong. Above all, Francis expands property owners' obligations to the needy. They no longer include just the bare minimum to support their right to life. For Pope Francis, property owners must provide the destitute with an array of undefined and open-ended needs that entails ensuring that, quote, every person lives with dignity and has sufficient opportunities for his or her integral development, unquote. Absent from this vision is a correct understanding of the social function of private property, which Pius XII claims, quote, should flow to all alike according to the principles of justice and charity, unquote. In its place, the needy, aided by leftist media and social activists, become the judges of what is necessary for their, quote, unquote, integral development. The church encourages benefactors to gain merit by voluntary acts of charity, giving to the needy from their wealth. It does not force charity. Likewise, the church teaches that the needy must practice the virtue of justice by rendering gratitude, respect, and assistance to their benefactors. When both parties listen to the church, it gives rise to social harmony. However, In Fratelli Tutti, there is no mention of obligations in justice that the needy have toward their benefactors. The encyclical replaces these virtuous behaviors of charity and justice with the spirit of liberty, equality, and fraternity, the anti-Christian and bloody French Revolutions trilogy. Thus, Christian charity is replaced with that of anti-Christian fraternity such a deterministic conception of society holds that social and economic structures are responsible for poverty. The Marxist cry for the end of all private property finds a distant echo in the document's appeal for the priority of the, quote, universal destination of created goods over all rights, including private property, unquote. Addressed to the world at large, Francis issues an invitation, quote, to dialogue among all people of goodwill, unquote. He addresses, quote, a single human family, as fellow travelers sharing the same flesh, as children of the same earth, which is our common home, each of us bringing the richness of his or her beliefs and convictions, each of us with his or her own voice, brothers and sisters all, unquote. Thus, The appeal reduces everything to the lowest common denominator so that none may be left out or offended by the other. There is nothing specifically Catholic about this message that tries to be all things to all people. The result is a shallow quote-unquote fraternity that makes no judgments between truth and error, good and evil, virtue and sin. It trumpets an empty charity that is not based on the love of God and an integral development that is unrelated to salvation. The most perplexing part of the encyclical's call for re-envisaging the social role of property is that it does not explain why the church needs to re-envisage. The treasury of the church teaching on property's social function is rich, if largely unapplied in today's secular godless world. Why not apply the church's forgotten truths, which would bring beauty, clarity, and social harmony to society? This strange encyclical, which is addressed to everyone in general and no one in particular, omits the only real solution to our world's troubles, the return of the prodigals to the one true God and the one true church. Indeed, one can be forgiven for asking. I'm Catholic. Can I disagree with Pope Francis on property?
1: This concludes Pope Francis' campaign against private property. Thank you so much for listening. To read these or find related articles, please visit our websites at www.tfp.org and www.returntoorder.org. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. In that way, you can help Return to Order be more effective. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2020 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.